What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks. I do have a media recommendation. I love Lord of the Rings. Superheroes, movies, a little jack-of-all-trades, I guess. So what makes me a geek? What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, your weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast, and to look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. My name is Brendan Valentine, coming to you today from the Sanctum Sanctorum, if you're watching on video. If you're listening on audio, uh, sorry, I'm coming to you from your earbuds or your phone speakers or something like that. Um, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow co-hosts this week, who are going to introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week. This week's question uh, comes to us from an anonymous um, uh, Twitter user, um, and they ask, uh, what is your, uh, in honor of what if, uh, what is your favorite alternate version of a character? So like a non-canon version that's just slightly different than the main series version. Um, I can go first real quick. Uh, my favorite alternate version of a character would be the Batman who laughs as an alternate version of the Joker in the DC metal event. Um, I, I know he's a still still pr a pretty recent character and has yet to, you know, have like this really deep backstory, but the stuff he's in is just so good. And he's such a like, it's hard to get more chaotic than the Joker, and he's more chaotic than the Joker. So, um, yeah. Alrighty. Co-hosts, would one of you like to answer our question? Uh, hello, Isaac Hunter here, um, coming to you from my couch. Um, unless, for those listening at home. Um, my favorite alternate version of a character, oh, there's so many good ones, especially like movies with like parallel universes and whatnot. I really do like um, the Lex Luthor from the Injustice comic slash game because it's like Lex Luthor, but he's just genuinely like a good person and he's a smart, brilliant, and he uses all of his science for the good of humanity. Um, but unfortunately, he's in a world with an evil, evil Superman, so not much you can do there. Um, I also do like in Futurama the alternate versions of like all the main characters uh, from the parallel universe like B or whatever or I think it's A because where everything is just different from the flip of a coin and so it's like someone dyed their hair because they flipped a coin about whether or not should, they should dye it and whatnot and that's the only difference. Pretty good. Um, hi everyone, I'm Hope Gutterall. Um, so my favorite um, character, whatever, um, is the, so there's a web series, YouTube series um, that was about Finnick and Annie. And it was like a small company, just like a few people making it. And I honestly like loved the Finnick that they had there. Like it was just, it was perfect. Um, and I tried unsuccessfully, obviously, to get that actor to play Finnick because it was like, okay, but some of us have been watching this from The Hunger Games, so like, can we have him? Um, but I do love uh, Sam Kaplan a lot. He was good as Finnick, but it was like, it was a different kind of Finnick. Like it was, uh, like it was a bit softer of a Finnick O'Dare. Um, no, because like Finnick definitely comes across as a jerk in the books until you get to Mockingjay. Yeah. Which, like, he still was and still acted like it at times in this YouTube series. Um, but, like, there was, like, you could tell just how the actor was portraying Finnick of, like, the softness behind the exterior that he shows. So Finnick deserved better than what happened. Yes, he did. So did the ending of Mockingjay. <laughs> But we're not going into that today. So the film or the book? Both. I don't know. I like the ending of the book. Both. Um, the anyway. ending she wrote after she got the four movie contract, the four movies. So I have issues with it. 
But like I said, I'm not going into that today. So. Alrighty. Well, thank you both very much. Uh, now to get things started, we like to uh, share some quick geek news this week. So, Hope, Isaac, what have you got for us? Um, I can start. Um, first, some just simple news for those geeks that um, don't have the time or just are choosing not to see Shang-Chi in the theater. Uh, there is a release date. It is coming to Disney Plus November 12th. And so, you know, just wait a month and a half and you can enjoy all 10 rings. And it is such a good movie. Um, and then my second news is, um, especially after the Marvel What If Zombies, uh, Mark Miller, who is a former uh, Marvel comic book writer uh, known for writing the Civil War Civil War art in comic series, um, he made a post saying, uh, if my sources are correct, a little live action Marvel zombies further down the line, but you never heard that from me. And I would love that because I love Marvel zombies. And um, I don't know, I think that just is a whole nother take on live action Marvel that I would love to see. Uh, Hope? I also heard that about um, the zombies, that there is potentially a live action version coming out. Um, speaking of Disney movies and Marvel Studios movies coming to Disney Plus, um, Black Widow will officially not be on Premier Access anymore on October 6th. So just a few days before Shang-Chi. Um, and I will actually watch it and only give Disney the money of, you know, my streaming service as of right now. Um, but on Scatter News, the actor Willie Garson, who played Mozzie on White Collar, Herschel and Hawaii Five-O. Uh, he was Mr. Frenchie uh, on a couple episodes of Wizards of Waverly Place. He unfortunately passed away um, earlier this week. Um, so this past week for when you guys are listening on Monday. Um, I'm not sure what exactly he passed away from, but he passed away at the age of 57. And so, like, he was one of my favorite people to see on screen because he was just always fun and just emulated a really positive energy in whatever he was doing. And so, like, I'm going to miss seeing him on screen and new stuff. Um, but on happier news, for fans of the Harry Potter universe, Fantastic Beasts has released the title and release date of the third Fantastic Beasts movie, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, and that, instead Ooh. of being released on July 15th, it is now going to be April 15th. So Easter weekend of next year is when that will be released. Um, I have a fun piece of news for anyone who loves the film Hocus Pocus. There is now a Hocus Pocus game to play with your fellow witches, as it says in the article. Um, and so just to read, so just like in the film Hocus Pocus, uh, the Sanderson sisters will try to sabotage your game by casting spells, but you can use help from Thackeray Binks the cat and tricks like the reign of death to help you along the way. Um, so you're actually like trying to prevent the witches from completing their evil potion versus like being the witches. As one should stop them, because they, they killed a little girl in like the first five minutes. Speak for yourself, Isaac. I support those witches. I'm Listen, they a... turned McGee into a cat, okay? Yeah, but an immortal cat. That's true. Um, and finally, this isn't geek news, but it is very relevant um, to today's, to our world today, and like accepting what we did in the past as bad, and like trying to apologize for it and everything. Um, so the CMU Native American program has um, come out and posted on their Instagram and it might come out later um, that on September 30th, so next week, Thursday, so the Thursday after this episode comes out, uh, wear an orange shirt to honor American Indian boarding school and Canadian residential school survivors. Um, so orange is very you might have seen it like around with other things and been like, oh, what's that about? It's to honor those that had to endure those terrible places. And so next week, Thursday is wear orange shirt day. Yeah, that's my geek news. 
thank you very much, Hope. Um, I just have one quick piece of geek news. Uh, right before we started recording this podcast, um, I watched the Nintendo Direct, uh, which I will save the majority of that news for our uh, uh, our video gaming podcast here at uh, CM Life Level Up Chips, which if Woo-hoo. you haven't watched, uh, go watch it. It's an awesome podcast. Our uh, One of our editors, Mike Gonzalez, is one of the co-hosts on, over there, and it's an awesome podcast. Um, but they uh, not only in this Nintendo Direct did they confirm that uh, Nintendo is working with Illumination Studios, the same people that uh, developed movies like Despicable Me and Sing, uh, to create a Super Mario movie. Um, they announced who will be voicing some of the major characters in this film, such as uh, the, the main man himself, Mario, will be voiced by Chris Pratt. Um, his brother, Luigi, will be voiced by Charlie Day. <laughs> um the the strong heroine herself uh princess peach will be voiced by anya taylor joy um and then toad will be voiced by keegan michael key um seth rogan will be doing the voice of donkey kong um charles martinet the voice of most mario characters will be making cameos in the film but they did not say what kind of cameo so that's supposed to be a mystery um, but then some side characters will also be returning in the movie just to, like, see, uh, you know, be around in the world. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson will be voicing Kamek, Fred Armisen will be voicing Cranky Kong, and Sebastian Maniscalco will be voicing Spike. So, um, I really hope that Goombas get a voice in here, too. Um, that's my, my biggest hope for this movie, but... Um, this seems like this is not the cast I was expecting for the Super Mario movie, so we will see. I was really, uh, I find it odd we're not getting an Italian voicing Mario, but all right. Yeah, I'm really curious on is Chris Pratt going to be, you know, using a faux really, Italian voice? And is that all? I really hope not. I hope we don't get Chris Pratt going to wahoo. Um, uh, however, did, did any of you actually watch the, the original live action Super Mario? I tried. Oh, no. Uh, I grew up with that on VHS. I watched it so many times, and it didn't take. Took me a long time to realize how. Didn't it have not songs in it? it is. Oh dear! I think there was a song in it. Um, like it gosh. had like an original. I I remember going to the library as a kid and seeing like in the CD section there was a Super Mario CD, and I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this. And then like there was a song on there where Bowser sings like it's called Ignorance oh, is no. Bliss, and I was like, what the heck? Oh man, what a movie! Uh, oh yeah, where you find out that if their names are Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. <laughs> yep, Mario Jumpman Mario. If you ever watched any of uh, Game Theory's uh, YouTube videos, Mario Jumpman Mario. Um, alrighty, <laughs> well that's that's our geek news for the week. So let's move on to our our, our main topic. So um, we actually got a wonderful question from uh, one of our most avid listeners, and that would be Hope's dad. So shout out to Hope's dad. I don't know your first name, so I'm very sorry. Greg? Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Greg. Um, So let me just find it real quick, the exact wording of the question, so I don't butcher it. Um, So he asked, hey, geeks, how many characters or heroes are the actual person while their alter ego is the public persona? Example, is Batman Bruce Wayne's alter ego, or is Bruce Wayne... Batman's alter ego. So, um, this got us thinking, just how important are secret identities? Um, what kinds of different secret identities are like shown in the kinds of media we watch? And um, like the, the question that was actually asked, like who is, like which characters are like that alter ego, such as Batman or Superman, that type of, is that their real identity? Um, or where it's flip-flopped, that that's their not real identity that's not how they think of themselves um so to start off to answer that question um is is it was more of an example but to answer it for everyone is bruce wayne batman's secret identity or is is batman bruce wayne's secret identity um there's a couple different ways to think about it but um the the way that it has been portrayed the best in my opinion is if any of you ever watched the batman beyond animated series there is an episode where um, Shriek, one of the villains, um, tries to extort Bruce Wayne's money by like using the sound technology that he has to make Bruce Wayne think he's like hearing voices, so he gets sent to like a, a mental a mental institution. I think I don't think it was Arkham, but it might have been Arkham. Um, 
but at the end of the episode after you know terry mcginnis this uh batman beyond does like stop shriek um he goes up to bruce and is like yeah wait uh i'm glad you you know you didn't fold and you didn't like sign those papers that would like give away all your money and bruce was like oh i knew it was a trick the whole time um i just you know didn't know what was going on and i had to play along so that, that they they didn't you know kill me um and then uh terry's like oh well well how did you know it was a trick he's like oh they kept calling me bruce that's not what i call myself in my head <laughs> <laughs> which implies bruce bruce wayne in his head when he's talking to himself you know i have that internal model like like dang it brendan why did you do that bruce wayne when he stubs his toe goes gosh darn it batman why? <laughs> batman you got this you're gonna ace this exactly. so like <laughs> the man is batman and the persona is bruce wayne is where that's been that's shown up in the comic books a lot um like that idea but like that i think is the most clear so to answer that specific question i i really like that but uh to talk more broadly um secret identities um do either of you two have like a favorite like secret identity like person duo um or like what what do you and what do you think like is the function of the secret identity for that character so my background I didn't say this because like I'm not anywhere other than my room but my background for those of you watching is Zorro Antonio Banderas's version um, wait uh, Hope are you saying you don't go visit a place to record the podcast every week because I definitely go visit a place I'm currently in Queens <laughs> in the Sanctum Sanctorum is the Sanctum Sanctorum in Queens which borough it's, of New York uh, I don't know it's in one of the in New York I think it's in Queens. Alexa, where's the Sanctum Sanctorum? I know it's on Bleecker Street. <laughs> yeah, where's Bleecker Street? Well, I don't have, like, the money to go to either Texas Manhattan. or New Mexico. Yeah, it's in Manhattan. Okay. okay. So I went to Manhattan for this episode, Hope. I don't know why you're not putting in the same effort. Because either... Texas, Arizona, or New Mexico is a little bit farther away and a different time zone than New York and Manhattan. So if we all wanted to be on the same time zone. I went to Mars for one episode. I was with Dr. Manhattan. I was on Dr. Man. I was with Dr. Manhattan on Mars for that one episode. I talked for like an hour about Watchmen. Ooh. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> Wait a minute. Speaking of Watchmen, I do have a Watchmen comic behind me. Um, I do think that Rorschach is definitely an interesting person when it comes to secret identities. Absolutely. Since Real quick, very... I did. Oh, I, I did cut Hope off from talking about Zorro. So oh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> so go oh. ahead. Anyway, Zorro, um, in my opinion, is like like he is Zorro and then his alter ego is hold on I had to look this up to get the full name is Don Alejandro de la Vega um is the alter ego that is used to like go to the white men who are trying to you know enslave the Mexicans and everything to do whatever the hell they want so they can get rich um you know is the one who goes there and acts all gentlemanly and like you know proper and then is like ha psycho i'm just lowering your defenses and figuring out how to get in here so that you know zorro can come in and take out the bad guys um so like that's one of my favorites is zorro i absolutely love those movies so in the story in general i say yeah do you know that batman batman was based on uh Zorro is based on sense. Zorro and uh, Sherlock Holmes, which that makes a lot of sense. Makes man. a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So I meant brought up Watchmen just because uh, Rorschach, uh, the deplorable human that he is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Rorschach's one of my personal heroes. I, I love him, but oh. he he has some trains of thought that you should probably not jump on. Um, he. He calls his mask, his superhero mask, his face. Um, and when they, at one point, they're taking off his mask, and he's like, don't take my face. And so, like, he wholly is the identity of Rorschach. Um, he's no longer the person he was before uh, 
And if anything, that's his disguise. He, he goes out into the street corner with a sign dressed as a homeless person uh, saying the end is nigh, I think is what the sign says. It might change depending on, but uh, that's it just It changes like, throughout the comic book, yeah, what it says. That's just his, his you know, like dress up. Like him, himself is when he's in a trench coat and hat uh, with the ink blot mask. And I, I do think that's so cool. I love that in both the the graphic novel and the movie like through the first like two thirds of it you see this like guy wandering around at sight to like who the heck is this guy like um and he looks like disheveled and all this stuff um but that was just Rorschach going because no one knows what his actual like what that the flesh face underneath the inkblot mask is um and that's just how he sneaks around that's how he goes to uh, the comedian's funeral without getting caught um all that stuff and i'm that that scene in both the the comic panels and in the film adaptation where where like they're trying to you know take his stuff to process him through prison he's like don't take my face and it's like it's like agony and yeah oh oh no i feel so bad but yeah that was that was it for me it was it was a close call between um uh rorschach and uh Meshach and Bendigo. Say- Sorry, that's wrong. <laughs> no, did I say mine yet? King Nebuchadnezzar. Um, no, you did not. I didn't. I was like, I was trying to remember, who, like, who did I say? And I was like, oh, I hadn't said it. Um, but I was, I actually, I, was, I think I was actually going to say Rorschach as well. Oh no, but, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good because I, I, I was debating between a couple before I thought about it. Um, the the pair that I really like. Um, before uh. Like besides, we've talked about Batman. We've talked about Rorschach. I really like the distinction between Spider-Man and Peter Parker, yeah. um, because they have like quote-unquote similar personalities. But like, I think like we've talked about like with Rorschach and Zorro and all of that and Batman, um, that the vigilante identity is so they can kind of get away with the like the kind of the darker side of it. The thing I like about Spider-Man and Peter Parker is like. He is both equally Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He doesn't like have a quite preference for him, at least the way I read the Spider-Man comics. But like Peter Parker is way more like introverted and that's kind of where like Peter is comfortable and to fully express himself, he becomes Spider-Man. Yeah. Like he, he's a lot quippier. Um, he's confident. He's more confident that like, that's like when he wants to come out of his shell, but like when he needs a break, he's Peter. And I really like that like dichotomy of it where it's like, I need both of these where I feel like that's kind of lacking in some other characters and secret identities that try and keep, that keep them secret. Um, and when is, he it's like, a no. break from being Peter Parker, he becomes Tom Holland. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire, depends on which no, decade you well, Or Jake Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so if he wants a break from Peter Parker, he can become a Tobey Maguire. If he wants a break from Spider-Man, he can become Andrew McGuire. Um, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Garfield, And if he wants a break from being both, he becomes Tom Holland. Is this this based off of the common rhetoric that that Toby was the best Peter, Andrew was the best Spider-Man, and uh, Tom Holland is the best of both? Yes, and also the fact that, like, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of Toby McGuire's acting in much of anything he does because he always seems to play the same type of character like very much typecasted and that's usually well, like the it's like 90 percent of hollywood yeah yeah but i'm just like at least some actors can show Listen, differences we, we can't all play mario and <laughs> exactly <Star-Lord. laughs> and star lord and whatever his character's name is in the tomorrow war and jurassic um, world he okay star lord and his character from jurassic star yeah, lord like the and, same yeah, it's just Star Lord if he had dinosaurs instead of a jetpack. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah. So and then jumping off from uh, Spider Man, I feel like the MCU is actually a really good place to look at this. Um, or not even just the MCU, but like Marvel, because the idea of secret identity you can kind of see like in the MCU, Doctor Strange does not have a secret identity. Um, it's all on that line from Infinity War. He's like, oh, we're using our made up names, and Strange is like. He doesn't say anything, but like the look on his face is like, oh no, that's my real name. And like he's 
he once he became the Sorcerer Supreme, Stephen Strange, the Doctor, no kind of no longer existed, and he transformed into Stephen's Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, and like they are one person, and that's a type. Of, I guess a way to look at the secret identity is there is no secret identity; there is one identity. Um, well, that's the same with your... Tony Stark too. Is the I'd, fact that... I'd argue they're different because really. Tony... I'd say Tony Stark has like the public persona, but his secret identity is not secret, but he still has two. He has Tony Stark and Iron Man. See, because I feel like at least in the big, and I'm going based off the movies, not the comics, because I haven't read the comics. Um, Like maybe in like the first couple that he, there's more of a separation between Iron Man and Tony Stark. But then once you get farther in, into the movies, they're basically like one person especially when he's able to just like tap his wrist and become iron man or that's what i was thinking about when i was like analyzing this in my head of like where does tony fall on this continuum of no secret identity or one identity and like two like completely different identities that are both like equally important um and i i feel like because he's able to like put the suit on so quick it's easier to like see them as the same person but i still feel like that one scene where he's like i am iron man it's like owning it like tony like tony stark and iron man it's the same guy but i feel like he's expressing himself differently as tony stark the playboy and that 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 person evolves like from being the playboy to the uh, playboy in the first one the alcoholic in the second one and then like the the recovering like I guess I don't want to say war hero, but like Avenger, the yeah. recovering Avenger from the Battle of New York in, in three, and then you can see through Civil War and Infinity War that he and Endgame that he becomes more of like a stable like father figure. However, I feel like Iron Man is a different evolution because it's a technological one, and it becomes more and it mirrors Tony's, but I still feel like they're separate. Like Tony has personal issues, and as his personal issues evolve, the armor evolves. Like as the people in his life like experience like um a lot of people like point out in like instagram memes and stuff like that like um you know roadie got shot out of the sky so peter got a parachute in his uh mm-hmm. suit um tony got lost in the in the cold so peter's suit got a heater um like and the same thing like thanos could like blow away his nanotech shield so he got the the wakandan type shield in infinity yeah. war so like it's an it's the, the the armor is like not representing his like personal defense mechanisms and his like fears come to life and the armor is how he protects himself from those but he also has these personal evolutions and i feel like that's how a lot of secret identities function is as one side of the identity becomes more mature and grows and like grows in some area so does the other side but that varies with different characters depending on their relationship with secret identity yeah um also when it comes to people in the marvel universe that don't have that don't have secret identities um which is most of them um uh, thor thor i was gonna say thor (laughs) uh, which in the comics uh many times goes as dr donald blake um and at one point he does have his fake license in the first thor movie um so technically he has an alternate identity um that fooled a few people um but no like yeah his he he's thor that's who he is that's his name um he just happens to be a giant asgardian warrior uh if anything his only differing personalities are when it comes to responsibility uh like if as the king of asgard which doesn't exactly happen um but you know he he's kind of like immature and he's got to mature himself and there's kind of like these two different areas of like when he's being a total fool and when he's also I don't know, on a mission. Uh, but no secret identity. He doesn't need one. I think looking at what's behind you, Isaac, we're, we keep focusing on just like MCU, but in X-Men, you might be able to argue that Magneto and Professor X are this, like, they don't, like, yes, they have like their yes. alter ego, like, yeah. Uh, Eric and Charles. Charles, thank you. I was like, Professor X's name is. Um, but like, they have those names so that they can go out into the world and be normal. But like, they're, they 
are their powers at the same time too like mutant and proud yeah and i don't think charles really ever tried to like not use his powers on anyone and he's like he's not like yeah he's not like Mm -hmm. beast who physically wanted to hide it um but yeah but like when i think the x-men are oh i'm sorry hope we keep talking over each other go for it (laughs) but just really quick like um in x-men first class when raven was like you promised you would never look inside like my head and i'm like yeah but like if he knows you're hiding something charles seems like the person that would just be like oh okay there's the answer in there so mm-hmm. yeah you were saying brendan being i feel like the the x-men are a really good um example of a different kind of like we talked about like the we've got your like batman and rorschach that it's like they are the opposite identity but use the uh, they're the hero identity and use the civilian identity as like a way to get around and get away with things and hide um then we got your peter parker which is like a balance like a life balance it's how they get through it then you've got um like your tony starks which is like they're they're both out there they're not secret but they're different identities you got your doctor strange which is there's one identity but the x-men is another layer of it where it's like uh, both of them like I need this other identity, like my powers are my identity and I can't hide that. But because I'm gonna be discriminated against because this is my identity, I need I need a cover. So it's not it's not quite the same as like Stark because Stark can be public about it. And it's not quite the same as Peter's because Peter's is like, I am both of these people. The X-Men are like, I'm not this fake person, but I need to have this fake persona. Yeah. Which is just another way to do it. Um, yeah, because some X-Men really, like, like some are like, oh, it's Jean Grey. The, she's literally a normal human that just happens to be able to move things with her mind. And for the longest time, I thought her superhero name was just Jean Grey. Um, because she doesn't really go by Phoenix unless she's the Phoenix now. Um, uh, with the Phoenix Force? Yeah, she usually yeah. doesn't. Uh, I don't, does she have another name? Uh, usually it's Phoenix, but the, like she's gone by Jean Grey, just as the yeah, hero. just as like a hero. It's like well, it's just Cyclops, like, Iceman, Jean Grey. You've got Wolverine. like, well, yeah, Wolverine for the majority of his career just goes by Wolverine. Like people don't call like people call him Logan, but like Logan doesn't just go out into the public. He's not that nonchalant about being Wolverine. And Logan's but, also a, a title because is mm-hmm. it his name James Howlett? Yep. Birth name. Oh my gosh. Layers. Yeah, but he was got... trying to like separate himself from his half brother. Like, I feel like Logan has multiple levels too of like his identity. Not just like trying to separate himself from his half brother, who in the first one was essentially evil and terrible. Um, but also like when his memory gets wiped and then he has to go and remember everything. Um like when he gets sent back to the past because of um, the giant spaceship thingies that destroyed mutants and could find them um, in X Men Days, yeah, yeah, X Men Days of Future Past, um, and then like the Logan in Logan, the Logan movie. Where like he's old man Logan. Like I feel like he also Love has old man Logan. multiple pers- <laughs> mul- multiple alter egos just based on like what he has to go through. Yeah. He goes through a lot, gosh. Um and then there's also the whole layer of uh people with secret identities, uh, or people that I guess take on a new identity and almost like lose the original one, like almost all the time. Uh, and the question. my, the question, um, oh, definitely, that's a good answer um, <laughs> to a question. Um, my, in my head, I was thinking V for V from, from Vendetta. That's a good one. Because you still don't know who he is. Like, by the end of the movie, you don't know who V is because he says, I am V now. Like, it's mm-hmm. his new identity. Uh, even the man under the mask is still V. Uh, he mostly wears it just because it's an image. Um, and I, I do really love V for Vendetta, and I love that concept of he becomes an idea wholly, and like, like he's no longer 
a mortal anymore, basically, because, you know, ideas can't die. Mm-hmm. What about um, Wilson Bethel's character, Benjamin Dex Pondexter, in uh, the Marvel Netflix Daredevil? When he, like, becomes Daredevil, um, like, in later in season three, I think it is, because that's when he's in it. Um, like he becomes that evil daredevil and then he's like, no, I am daredevil. Like there is no Dex anymore. There is just daredevil. I think that would be another, mm-hmm. there would be instead of hero, more villain or anti-hero. But I think that would be a good example too. Mm-hmm. I feel like too, actually that's, that's a good point about bringing up villains in this. I hadn't thought about that before we started this. I guess like villains have like secret identities but like either they get exposed or they're like the villain just kind of drops them eventually yeah. like the the mystery is finding out who they are but it's not a secret identity usually like i'm thinking like reverse flash eobard thon same thing like lex luther um most most of the marvel villains like kang the conqueror galactus thanos um any of the MCU like movie villains like Eric Killmonger is Eric Killmonger um like why do I know like the general like cliche answer is like heroes have secret identities to you know protect their loved ones not themselves but you know and from a narrative perspective like why not also have villains more commonly keep that secret secret identity even though we're not following them like, what purpose does it serve for a protagonist that it doesn't serve for an antagonist? Yeah, I mean, and it's like, like, sometimes for, like, for Batman's sake, um, even if his villains try to, like, be secret, uh, he knows who they are all the time. Um, like, is it Killer Moth? Killer Moth has, like, his, like, backstory is basically, it, it's fake, but it's basically, like, a Bruce Wayne millionaire that becomes a, so a caped crusader at night, but it's, like, Killer Moth is evil. Uh, but to Batman, that's still Killer Moth, even if he's the guy. Uh, but the Joker, I was thinking about, um, is 100% the Joker all the time, and we still don't really have... See, and I was thinking about that, because I was thinking about, like, Heath Ledger's Joker and, like, the Christian Bale Batman series. Because um, with... Uh, the Joker, like, he wants that recognition as just being chaotic and evil. And he's like, no, I'm the Joker. Like, fear me. Um, but then I was thinking about Harvey Dent, I think, the Two-Face. Two-Face. Yeah. Yeah. And how, like, he eventually lost his um, alter ego, like, his civilian persona because he accepted no not quite so that's the interesting thing about two-face is because he has they don't do a great job of actually portraying this and it's a as a psych person i don't love using the language i'm going to use but he technically has multiple personality disorder where harvey dent is talking to two-face the entire time and harvey dent is like he's pissed and angry at like where his life is but he's not a criminal while two-face is a criminal and like but yeah, Har- Harvey's like justice at any cost, and Two Face is like, yeah, at any cost. Um, well, because like was- I remember the line in the movie about like, yeah, now the, like your guys' nickname of me being Two Face is like something about like being accurate now or like his new name. So I think that's why I was thinking like, well, that's a, the movie. He doesn't get enough screen time as Two Face to really like explore fair. it but like the the movie doesn't exactly go into it as in depth as like the comics and even batman the animated series does where it's like like harvey dent already had this issue before he became of duality before he like got scarred on the right side of his face and that just pushed him over the edge where it fully developed that you know there's the harvey dent personality and then there's this the the civilian identity of harvey dent where he's like an attorney and he acts like an attorney and then there's this darker side to him that has um, anger management issues um, and wants to kill people. So that's a, that's a weird one where they kind of coexist at the same time. It's not quite the same as like Peter Parker's 
you know, I'm Peter when I need it, and I'm Spidey when I need it, uh, but they both exist happily in one body. Um, this is like, they both do not exist happily in one body, but they're stuck there. Ooh, I just thought of someone that, okay, I was, I've been trying to think ever since you said villains don't have a reason for it a lot of times. Um, I just thought about uh, 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 Spider-Man Far From Home um, Mysterio because you see him as a normal man like walking around and like following Peter uh, and that, that's like I don't know screen I mean, grabs of like that are being shared yeah. on social media where it's like by the way you missed this I was like no I didn't no no you don't get to t- I caught one of them in the theaters and I was like oh, that's weird why was yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal there and then I was like <laughs> they did it later I'm like oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing a thing um, and obviously, I mean, to, to Spider-Man, like, because Mysterio is a fake identity. Like, he made that for an audience, which I think is pretty interesting for a villain is, is you know, he's only this Mysterio guy. Otherwise... Even his secret identity is part of a scheme. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking about, uh, there's Basil Carlo or uh, Clayface from Batman. He is all about identities, but he is, you're, you're right, he is also just Clayface. That's him. Um, his fake identities are just covers. Uh, but I was thinking about um, one Gwen Grayson from the esteemed movie Sky High, <laughs> as Gwen Grayson oh is God. Royal Pain. Um, and she's in her fake identity the entire time, which apparently I just Googled it. Gwen Grayson isn't even her real fake name. Her real name no. is Susan Tenney. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, she goes by Gwen, fake identity, and then she's actually Royal Pain which is just a moniker. Um, oh, that's I, a good example. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so like the two that you've brought up, so Mysterio and then uh, Gwen, not Gwen, Royal Payne, whatever. Um, <laughs> She's such a good villain. God. <laughs> they both had people behind them. Like whether you want to call them sidekicks or like... Yes. <laughs> like co-conspirators. I, I don't know what you want to like call it, but like there i so like with mysterio his his human identity civilian identity was or i can't remember his actual name um but you know that he and a bunch of other former stark employees are like using stark's tech to be like hey we're doing this for the benefit of us um and like also thinking about Michael Keaton in the first Spider-Man movie, um, you know, he was, yeah, the Vulture. I was about to say the Falcon. I was like, that is not right whatsoever. Um, the Vulture, like, he has his family, and, like, he doesn't, I mean, oh. the Vulture never really truly tried to do anything evil. But like, oh, no, that's a really good one. Yeah. That's one. That yeah. was actually one of my favorite parts of Spider-Man Homecoming, was that reveal yeah. that, like, no, he does have a secret in it. Like, and mm-hmm. oh yeah no that's a really good example hope i like that and i think that archetype really works is that and i think it humanizes a villain yeah um that shows yeah. like i oh and that could be why they don't always put them in there is because it's humanizing and if you don't want to humanize your villain you do the the ego oriented you know uh thing like uh you know where they're like, like call yeah. me you know whiplash or like things like that or call me the man like most of the iron man villains where it is like i i'm a, i am a powerful guy so you got to call me by some moniker now i'm evil iron man <laughs> exactly. i'm no, iron yeah. monger i'm oh Ultron. gosh and he has a family well, and none of his family his knows oh That's yeah good. oh okay, okay spider-man um far from home ending spoilers um or i guess spider-man no way home trailer spoilers um, what do you think, like, now that everyone knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man, Liz has got to be, like, so mad from the first movie. <laughs> He's like, you put my dad in prison while you abandoned me at prom? Ooh. That, you did the whole homecoming, thing? Homecoming, not prom. Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. It's it the name of the movie. It is the name of the movie. Come on! At no. the dance. <laughs> oh, I hope we get some Liz content. I doubt it, but... I doubt it, but oh my gosh, that'd be so funny. Just yeah, like, it, uh, what if like they did it on like Instagram or something? Like all of a sudden, like Liz and Michelle like see each other because you know Zendaya and Tom Holland are now dating, and like 
you know, they have just some like do some video about it. That would be kind of funny, actually. Um, okay, I'm calling it right now. So um, we need we need in theory a sixth member of the Sinister Six based on the trailer. So we've got um, uh, we've got you know Electro's in there, uh, Green Goblin, Doc Ock, um, Sandman. What are the Sandman? Maybe possibly. Um, like there's rumors that Craven the Hunter's in there. So maybe Michael Keaton doesn't get out of prison, and we have the Vulture. But Liz is the Vulture. Ah. So we're talking That's like, wait, wasn't Green Goblin in there? In theory, because, yeah, Green Goblin. Because we yeah, saw the, was... the. But I also have, uh, I thought um, so in the comics, Ned becomes Hobgoblin, um, which is very similar aesthetically looking to Green Goblin in terms of like weapons, but orange. But yeah, which the bomb is orange, but with the green light in the middle. Yeah. Um. So like, I I wouldn't be. I don't know. Maybe it's just an alternate universe version of Ned. That's like the ultimate villain that is the Hobgoblin, but also maybe somehow Ned becomes a villain in this movie. Um, the, awesome. act, the actor got into like really good shape. Um, yeah. So like. Jacob Batalon. Yeah, if he needs to do stunts, um, it's he can do. He can. I mean, he, I'm sure he could do them before, but like it'd be a lot easier now. Um, oh, that's good. Dang. Remember when they right. spoiled all of Infinity War <laughs> in the beginning? <laughs> we're all gonna okay, die. We're all gonna die. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, I was gonna tie something very similar to the same concept of uh, Vulture is, this This is gonna be an invincible spoiler, but the character Titan, who's like the rock skin villain, mm-hmm. like he just goes by Titan, but then Invincible finds out that he has his own home and own family, and like it really does humanize him to the point where you're like, oh, Titan's an anti-hero. And it's like, but is he just an anti-hero only because I know he has a family that he's trying to do things for? Uh, speaking of Invincible, the hero robot, uh, when like he's not as compelling when you don't know that he has an alternate identity, when you think he's just an AI program. Yeah. Uh, he's you're like okay he's cool he's funny he's quippy not my favorite character then you get this whole like backstory of like oh no he's a guy that created this ai program uh yeah no and that baby man trying, i know spoiler. like yeah spoil i'm not trying to like spoiler the whole thing but like then he has a whole story arc about becoming human again and it's like oh that's really compelling because he's a person yeah. so um i think the, the the way I wanted to kind of like end and like wrap up the conversation, I guess, unless you have anything like really big else you want to talk about, is um, either of you anything is is does Superman have three identities? Clark Kent, Cal L, and then Superman. Ooh, yeah, no, let's talk about that. We we didn't even touch a whole lot on the DC side of it, but I feel like most DC heroes are. Um, I have an ident- I have a personal identity, and I use my, the superhero identity to protect yeah. my loved ones yeah um they are both equally valid but um my true personality is you know the hero and i, I uh, even though probably the one who one that i can think of would be barry allen flash because mm-hmm. at least in the tv show they try and portray him more as barry allen than the flash like he uses his powers for good but like he's still barry allen um yeah, well, the we are the Flash statement kind of yeah. reflects how it is kind of in the comics. So Barry is ne- Barry's very, like, protective of his secret identity in the comics. He doesn't want people to know. Um, but, like, every villain somehow finds out, just like in the show. Um, but things like that. Like, his identity is really important because of his relationship with Reverse Flash. And Reverse Flash mm-hmm. finding out that the Flash is Barry Allen is what causes the Flash to be the Flash. Um, in a weird paradox way in some universes in other universes it's not the same um but yeah the the idea of identity with the flash is is actually pretty indicative of how it is for most of the dc universe um except for a couple anomalies like question superman batman cyborg 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 is cyborg 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 has a weird thing because he wants to be vic stone but he can't be so like he has an inaccessible identity that teen titans episode where he goes back in time and then they they make art of him and he doesn't have armor on oh sorry (laughs) continue (laughs) um but yes superman is another really interesting one because i feel like superman's closer to that peter parker archetype (laughs) where it's like i value being clark kent and i value being superman and i value being kal-el 
and my part of my life is balancing that because Superman is such an overarching part of his life. He can't really stop being Superman, but he has to. Yeah. Uh, the show Superman oh, and Lois tackles this yeah. really well. That's what I was about to say. Is I think the the new show Superman Lois definitely tackles that really well. Of like, how does he, especially with uh, Lois's dad, um, you know, being like, no, Sam he Lane. has to be Superman. Yeah. And she's like, um, he is a father to my children, and he is a husband to me. Like, no, he's not just Superman. Um, so I. I think, yeah, the new show definitely portrays the balance and how he balances it. Really and well. Supergirl also attaches, like, the, in that show, um, they tackle mm-hmm. the Kryptonian aspect of it, too. Like, I have this heritage that I don't want to abandon because I'm one of the last of my people, but also my people, like, I can't interact with my people. So it's yeah. that's a whole yeah. part of it too. You've does, got do, does does Superman and or Supergirl like Superman never tells like citizens his name's Kal El like Kal El yeah no. is a secret that he holds dear and then he does Superman ever reveal to people that he's an alien like I don't think yes, so yes that's the that's the pit no that's the pivotal part of his relationship with Lois is in most not all a lot of storylines the way they get to know each other is he chooses her to interview and tells her about his past so the world oh, knows about okay. it. Okay. Like he's Almost like he what Kara did with uh Cat Grant. Yeah, Cat Grant um too. Like she was like, no I'm this, but like I'm like my cousin, but I'm technically older than him. But like Yeah, it's and in that conversation too, it's like information and news <laughs> that she's Superman's cousin in that yeah. specific episode but like even in the comics like that's and a lot of the animated shows like the relationship between superman and lois stems from superman trusting lois lane and to tell the world about his kryptonian identity so that they so the world can trust him and so that lois can who, trust him who was the i can see his face i cannot think of his name um the photographer in supergirl black guy Yes, Jimmy Olsen. Like, he also reveals to Jimmy Olsen, like... Jimmy Olsen, he shares the... Cl- I believe in the comics, Jimmy Olsen is an older... Like, not, not like, age in the comics, but, like, Jimmy Olsen was around before Lois Lane. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Jimmy Superman's Olsen, Superman... Pal. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, is a big <laughs> thing, and that was kind of Clark Kent's connection to, the, you know, mm-hmm. the human world. So, yeah, Superman's a really interesting character so to look who at do you, identity what, with. Uh, do you, who do you think is Superman's true personality, true identity? Is Clark it Kent. Superman, Clark Kent, or is it Kal-El, the alien I don't, orphan? I don't think there is a true identity. I think it depends on the, the universe you're in, too. I feel like, mm-hmm. let, let's see, if you look at the main continuity of the comics, I think it's Superman. But if you're looking at the CW shows, like Superman and Lois, I think it's Clark Kent. Um... And then if you're looking at some of the alternate universe, like Superman ones, like Superman, is it what's it called? The one where he goes lit and lives in the sun for like a million years and comes back in the future. What um, a guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he's like literally shining gold. I think he's Kal-El. So like, I think, I think that's something that's more fluid in that character, whereas in like the strong majority of like Batman iterations, he's more Batman than he is Bruce Wayne. But with Superman... It's another one of those balance things, but I feel like he has more of a struggle with the balance than, let's say, Peter Parker to going between Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Speaking of yeah, Peter and Parker and Spider-Man. I'd say, really quick, I'd say Clark Kent, because honestly, like, if he wasn't with the Kent family and didn't grow up with them, I feel like Superman would have turned out a lot differently. Yeah. So I feel like Clark Kent's kind of, like, the main, and then Superman is, like, he's using Clark Kent's like knowledge and personality and just amplifying it with his powers to do mm-hmm. good. That makes sense. Yeah. I definitely, I, I, I see that reflected definitely in the, the CW universe, the Superman and Lois show specifically is, you know, or, heck even Man of Steel kind of like, if you look at the original movie, like mom, Pa Kent are the reason that he is able to go be a hero. Not, uh, he could not have saved crypto- Pa Kent. He he could have saved Pa Kent, but I will let Zack Snyder make his dark movies. Um, 
He was trying but, not to reveal that he was Superman. Come on. Uh, he not could worth my dad's that, life. He could have moved fast enough that no one has seen him move. Um, I, I rest my case. Uh, but anyway, speaking of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, which we are, we're no longer speaking about, um, I think Sorry. one of the best explorations of identity um, in all of like comic books, specifically comic books, because they don't really do it in the movie, but is the Civil War storyline. Um, for those of you who haven't read the Civil War comic, um, it's a lot. It's quite a bit different than the movie. So where the Civil War stems from is the uh, Superhero Registration Act, I believe is is it's what it's called. Yep. Yep. And superheroes must you know come in, state their secret identity for the government, so that they can you know keep track of them, and there can be less like damage control. Iron Man's all for it, but Iron Man also has no issue telling people that he is Tony Stark, um, even in the comics. That's that's generally not a problem. Um, and Cap is like, no, us as heroes need to maintain our, our autonomy and we have this right to privacy, a very American idea. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, salute the Cap. Um, and that is a really divisive issue over secret identity in the comics. It causes a civil war in which many, many, quote unquote, for, co for a comic book, many characters die. Rip Goliath. Um, Rip Goliath, uh, rip Captain America. Rip spoilers. A bunch of people that Punisher shoots. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even think I can name them all. But no, there's a bunch of villains. No, he takes out a lot. Um, the Punisher is a fun guy, uh, <laughs> but I think the biggest shock, and at the time of reading it, when I when I read this the Civil War comic, I was very surprised that Spidey sided with Iron Man. And that Spider-Man came out to the world as Peter Parker of his own accord. Um, that to me was like a, a, quite a shock. And I think um, him doing that, especially with all the conversations around Spider-Man's identity with the current movie franchise, is it's like, oh, this is a very contentious point for Spider-Man. It's very, very important. Um, but why is it that important? And why was why was it surprising that he came out and did that? Well, the other thing, too, is, like, at least in the movies, Tony Stark was trying to keep the identity of Peter Parker a secret, at least at the beginning. Like, yeah, he used him in the movie Civil War, but then he was like, no, you have to go back to being a teenager and just using the pajamas that you may, you know, use for your costume to hide your identity. And, like, he tries to push him back into the keep it a secret. And then, I don't that was always just, like, confusing to me that he's like yeah let's have the thing well, where... he, he wasn't you're fighting captain america he's not going yeah. to kill a 16 year old kid you're fighting vulture he he was going to kill peter he, even after he knew who peter was yeah <laughs> like i think that was tony tony had his eye on that he's like he can fight he can hold his own against some of these people and even if he loses he'll be helpful because and he won't die and i won't feel guilty he could physically but... hold up all of those people <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was holding up that whole freaking oil tanker for like ten minutes. Yeah. But I forget I think how that... strong he is. Gosh. Oh yeah, no, it's impressive. He keep going. Um, have you seen that TikTok trend where um they they they're playing the is it a Nirvana song? No, it's not Nirvana. Anyway, the the lyrics goes uh, teenager scare. The oh, it's shit. My Chemical Romance. My Chemical yeah. Romance. I don't know why I thought it was Nirvana. There's a difference. I was thinking it smells like Teen Spirit as lyrics, and that is Nirvana. Yeah. Um, but yeah, where they do that, and they've done it for a couple of like MCU scenes, and the scene where like Spidey catches Bucky's arm, yeah. he's like <laughs> teenager skin. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that. So yep. th that's impressive. But um, going back to that conversation of identity with Spider-Man, I feel like it, the reason it was so divisive in the comic, or not divisive, but it was so shocking in the comic was like Spidey, like we know just how like important that, you know, distinction of I am Spider-Man, but I'm also Peter Parker and they are separate, but I use them both equally. So merging them together like that just showed like how much Peter believed in like what they were doing, even though it was kind of, as much as Tony's side was BS in the movie, it was BS in the comics too. Yep. Um, but so it, it made a out in the movie, Cap was the only one who fully read the Accords. Uh, wait, who didn't? Who? What? I mean, I I, I don't think Tony can read. Um, 
I think t Tony either has ADHD or dyslexia, and it makes it very difficult for him to oh, read. He pays or people both. to read for him. Yes, yes, that's Tony but Stark. He became, he became uh, oh, what was it? In the Avengers, uh, he became, oh, it wasn't neurophysicist. Um, thermonuclear physicist. Yeah, thermo he became a... Um, An expert in thermonuclear it, physics overnight. Yeah. So but like that's because he has, he has the tech to visualize it. That's fair. But like, I feel like he could have had like Jarvis or Friday. I guess Friday at that point, because Ultron already happened, right? Oh, you know, he just goes up to Vision. Hey, Vision, I need you to be Jarvis again real quick and <laughs> read me this book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, sir. And then he just phases away. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, he has the technology to be able to have it read to him too, or like, you know, broken down for him. But... Yeah. Like, you know, between him and Cap and, like, the rest of them, like, you literally saw, you know, Steve Rogers with the book going, okay, and slowly turn the page. And, and then, you know, a little bit later was, he was a little bit farther in, but, mm -hmm. but, like, I feel like the only people who really should have had any say in those was who actually fully read them. But, well, I mean... When you have the the United Nations and the U.S. government saying you have to sign this, otherwise we're coming after you. That's fair. It's either your your options are sign it or don't. It doesn't really matter if you read it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. But Sp Spidey revealing his identity like that, I think, um, just shows how um that relationship between like the the hero identity and the civilian identity no matter what like archetype it is um is a part of like character development and character um how do you do how how do i want to say it it's a way to characterize your character of their relationship with their identity and how they choose to reveal it and not reveal it and i think um whether it's superhero genre or not um having this like alternate identity or secret identity um kind of plays with the idea of like identity in our own lives and i feel like a lot of us if we were able to you know have relatively little consequences and be someone that's slightly different than ourselves would would jump at the chance um and i think it's fun to explore that through through either comic books or other forms of media but anyway as always here on Raving Geeks, we like to end with some recommendations for our viewers, whether that be movies, video games, comics, or anything else geeky. So, um, Isaac or Hope, one of you have a recommendation for us. All right, I'll go first. Um, so my recommendation <laughs> is the new Amazon Prime movie, Cinderella. Um, I know that there are people online on social media who are like, this is terrible, it's awful. But I also feel like they went into it thinking that it was going to be like, a traditional Cinderella story like you know just a remake but it's the same exact story that we've gotten told many many times because it's just called Cinderella it's not like a Cinderella story or any of those versions um like so don't go into it thinking that you're gonna hear bibbidi bobbidi boo um but like you still have all the same characters and honestly like I loved the music that they put into it um the fact that like we get somebody to love again in a Cinderella adaptation is beautiful um and I think her name is Winnie Ryder um she that's her second like Cinderella adaptation that has somebody to love in it which I think is absolutely amazing wait the queen song uh the queen the actress who plays who plays the queen in the new Cinderella movie oh no was, no like the band queen Somebody oh, yeah. to love. Okay. Yeah. Me, somebody, somebody to love. Yeah. Just like an Ella um, Enchanted. Exactly. Um, which the queen in this Cinderella movie wasn't Ella Enchanted as a fairy godmother. So oh, as, as Ella's fairy godmother. Yeah. Although like not, yeah. Um <laughs> but they also like make fun of the fact that Pierce Brosnan can't sing and like actually admit that he can't sing. Um, so I really liked it. I loved the ending and how different it was from traditional tellings of Cinderella and the fact that like it's kind of updated for modern views on society and stuff and I mean some things are still kept the same 
because of Cinderella and everything and just the time period. But like music was phenomenal and Adina Menzel was phenomenal. Uh, Camila Cabello, you know, I love, I like her. Um, she's not at the top of my list for anything, but she has a good voice and she did a good job in this too. So I really like yeah, nice. yeah, I'll have to I'll have to peruse it. Um, my recommendation, uh, it's not new. It's it's an older game, but it's a uh, Age of Mythology, um, which I grew up playing. It's made by the people that made Age of Empires. Um, you can get it on Steam though. You can get the enhanced extended edition, which comes with uh, the first DLC. But basically, it's a story about um. It's, uh, oh gosh, what are the games called? Like Eagle Eye View, you have a little town center, you build builders, those builders build buildings. And oh, make yeah. Um, uh, Real-time strategy, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's one of those, um, and I love it. And basically, um, you can play as the Greeks, uh, Egyptians, or Norse, and each follow different pantheons of gods. And so you can, like, uh, upgrade your things through the different, like, deities and it's really cool and there's different myth units and each time you like right click on someone it has like information like about that myth unit or even like normal non-myth units like if you just like type in like if you right click on like a certain like egyptian like i don't know soldier it'll be like yeah egyptian soldiers like use these weapons and stuff and so it's like kind of like a history lesson um but there's a dlc that has to do with uh titans which is pretty cool and then there's a second DLC, which I just got, which is why I'm recommending it. But it introduces a, a Chinese pantheon and like the like eight immortals and stuff like that. And it's pretty fun. I'm a big nice. fan. Is that a mobile game? This is on my computer. Um, oh, dope. Yeah. Take like, it away, know, Brendan. It... Oh, sweet. Sorry, go ahead. You're good. Uh, my recommendation, um, if you uh, have Disney+, Plus, I highly recommend this week they... Uh, released the first uh anime in set in the star wars universe uh called star wars visions um i'm about halfway through it right now i think i there's nine episodes i think no i've watched six of them so i've got i got three left to watch so far it is absolutely incredible um the some of the top anime studios from japan all got their crack at an episode and they fall somewhere within the star wars timeline but i don't think any of them are canon so they got to like play with a lot of like cool concepts i could see them saying yeah no this one's canon but this one isn't things like that later on but um it's really really fun it, the time frames range from like pre pre prequels to after rise of skywalker um i've seen watched two episodes that take place after rise of skywalker and those are really cool because it's super open-ended like you don't have to work with any constraints of the star wars timeline um and some of them are a little more like serious and like have big battles and others are like some of your like fun chummy anime and episode type things like they range from all different types of styles in terms of art styles and narrative styles and they're awesome so highly recommend um yeah so that's all we have for you today thank you all for joining us here at raving geeks uh make sure you leave a comment wherever you're listening from uh we love to hear you uh all your thoughts on the episodes uh what you'd like to hear from us and uh any potential questions of the week for our upcoming episodes we really want to uh interact with y'all so uh, reach out. Uh, Twitter DMs are a great place to do it. YouTube comments are a great place to do it. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'm sure um, you, can, you can contact us through through anything. But uh, TikTok, we have a tough time reaching back out to people. We're trying to figure that out. So if you DM us on TikTok and we don't respond, we're sorry. Uh, we, we, we will read them. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter at Raving Geeks, all, as well as on our TikTok. And as always, I've been Brendan Valentine, along with my co-hosts. Oh, good girl. And I'm Isaac Hunter. Stay geeky and have a great weekie, everyone. Good night. Bye. Or morning, whatever time of the day it is.